In teaching to the person who exhorts in exhortation to he who gives with liberality the one who leads with diligence the person who shows mercy with cheerfulness so you see what the focus is the focus is on the diversity within the body of Christ so listen if God uses you differently than someone else what should you say praise the Lord the Holy Spirit himself is a great gift His help in all areas of your life is invaluable. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that along with the gift of the Holy Spirit, there are also gifts that come from Him. These are things like teaching, prophecy, even tongues. Kind of a controversial topic. Not everyone will have every gift. And in fact, your strengths may differ greatly from anyone else. That doesn't mean you or they are any less valuable to the church body. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as he begins his message, Unity, Diversity, and Sharing. So I'm always on the lookout for like quotations that are simple, that carry a lot of wisdom to it. I kind of collect them over the years. Like when you have some sort of an insight into something that it's easy to remember because the quote is really good, but it ends up gets you a lot of wisdom and a lot of ways to look at it. And you don't, it's not hard to remember. Like I remember early on when Lynn and I were married, I was talking to someone and, and I asked somebody, what's the best piece of financial advice you've ever received? Right? And the person said to me, it was so great. He said, oh, it's simple. I give a tenth I save a tenth, and I enjoy the rest. And I remember at that point, I heard that. I'm like, oh, that's really good. I wrote that thing down. And, and for all these years, it's been such a powerful reality. I'm generous with a tenth. I save a tenth because unexpected things should be expected. And then I design my life on the rest. And that's been a great piece of advice. If you uh, follow us on social media, we've been talking about it online. What's the best piece of marital advice you ever got? Remember, I asked somebody, hey, what's the best thing? Best piece of marital advice. Like, oh, simple. Don't try and change your spouse. Ask God to change you and trust he's going to change your spouse. I'm like, hey, that's... How many of us get in trouble trying to change your spouse? Yeah, stop that. It doesn't work. You're not their Holy Spirit. And all the spouse is like, amen, Fusco. Amen. Right? But it's a great piece of advice. Like, don't try and change your spouse. You ask Jesus to change you. Trust that he can change your spouse. I asked somebody, hey, what's a great piece of parenting advice when we had kids? Oh, they're like, great. Simplest piece of parenting advice. Make sure you love your spouse. The kids will always do the best if mom and dad love one another. They feel safe within it. I'm like, oh, that's so good. You know, you think it's always got to be this thing or that thing. No, no, some of the stuff is simple, right? Now, the reason I bring all this up is because so much of life can be boiled down to very simple ideas that if you grab hold of them and you get them right, they're pregnant with meaning. And today, I'm going to give you one of those that I learned about the church that actually comes right from the text that we're going to be studying. So we've been doing this life hack series, and this life hack series is all about the person and work of the Holy Spirit, who he is and what he does and why he does it. And really starting today and for the rest of the series, we're going to be focusing down on the gifts of the Spirit, the unique gifts. 
But it's important to realize that I've spent a number of messages laying a necessary foundation. Because if you don't have the foundation of who the Spirit is and how he works, that when you get to the gifts, you kind of miss out. Like if you're building a house, if you build a house without a foundation, the house may be beautiful, but it actually won't be able to stay standing. And in a lot of ways, all the work that we've done to lay the foundation of who the Holy Spirit is in the life of Jesus in his early ministry, the way Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit to the apostles, we looked at the day of Pentecost, and then also different places in the book of Acts, how the Spirit of God was working. It actually sets the stage now to be able to look at the specific gifts. And so in order to get at this, for the rest of the series, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. So open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're actually going to take chapters 12 and 13 in totality today. So, you know, I've been really excited to, to read you all two chapters in the Bible today. So make sure you open your Bible. So if you brought your Bible with you, open that up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you don't like paper, you can open up your phone, your laptop, your whatever you got, type in 1 Corinthians 12. I want you to be able to read along. Now, I don't want you to think for one second that I didn't feel like studying, so I'm just going to read you a bunch of scripture today. But actually, I'll be honest with you, if all we ever did as pastors was just read you the Bible, you'd do way better than probably with our sermons. Because God prospers his word, not necessarily the sermon. And the best sermons are ones that take the text and hide behind the text, as opposed to being all witty and smart about a bunch of stuff. Now, I bring this all up because the quote that has been so meaningful to me as it relates to what the church is, it actually comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13. And it's simply this. In the essentials, we should have unity. In the non-essentials, we should have diversity. But in all things, we should have charity. How many of you heard that quote before? In the essentials, you have unity. In the non-essentials, you have diversity. But in all things, you have charity. And that word charity, it means, as the quote goes, in the King James Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, the word for love is the word charity. Right? So the idea is that in the most important things, in the essentials, the church should be unified. In the non-essentials, the church should make place for diversity, but in all things, we should choose to love one another. Now, I think it's great wisdom because, listen, the only way you can really have true unity is if you're agreed upon the essentials. And I think that the people of God, we can't have unity at all costs because if you don't agree on the essentials, it's impossible to have unity. Right? So on the most important things, we have unity. On the things that are not the most important, and I would put the gifts of the Spirit in the not the most important category, then you have diversity. There's different people looking at scriptures different ways, having different sets of practices and beliefs, and I think that that's okay. Right? Because in the non-essentials, because we have unity in the essentials, in the non-essentials, we have diversity. But no matter what, in all things, we have what? Love for one another. Now, that's not only true for how we should approach church, but I think it's true for how you should approach life. And we see this in the context of the gifts of the Spirit as well. That really what the Apostle Paul lays out for us in 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 13 is unity in diversity with charity. You don't believe me? Let's jump on in. Look what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, picking up in verse 1. And I'm going to be reading you a lot of text. So listen to what it says. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. 
And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, notice it begins here by telling us clearly that there are diverse gifts. Right, So Paul begins this with this idea of there's diversity. There's all of these different gifts of the Spirit, but he keeps coming back to, but there's the same Spirit. Now, that's very, very important, isn't it? Because as relating to the spiritual gifts, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. And then Paul begins by first saying that nobody can really function in the manifestation of the Spirit if they don't believe in Jesus, if they call Jesus a curse. Right, And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So what that teaches is that someone's faith in Jesus, somebody being able to say, I believe in Jesus, I believe he is the Lord, I believe he is the Son of God, that is a work of the Holy Spirit. So nobody gets saved apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. It starts there. But then he goes on, and when you pick up in verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are Differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversity of activities, but the same God who works all in all. So the emphasis is on the diversity within the people of God. But can we just be honest for a second? We live in a day and age where everybody loves the idea of diversity, but nobody actually knows how to handle people being different. Right? It's like, I was like, oh man, we believe in diversity, but right if someone has a diverse opinion, you unfriend them, you call them an idiot, you get rid of them from your life because they have a different opinion from you. So we're so diverse, we're so tolerant, but we're not. Right? But guess what? That's the culture that we live in, but the same stuff starts to go on in the church. Because for many of us in our insecurities, when somebody is different from us, when somebody has a different skill set, different set of passions, we end up having divisions over the diversity. But Paul starts us by saying, look, there are different gifts, right? There are differences of activities. There are different types of ministries. But notice what he says, verse 7. And you may want to circle this in your Bibles. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of who? All. So what he's saying is that The totality of the people of God are actually benefited, profited by the differences of gifts. Now, remember we said, and we talked about this fallacy, this false belief that everyone's supposed to speak in tongues. I want you to notice these verses because Paul makes it so clear that if you just read the scriptures, you're like, oh, okay. Not everybody has to have the same gifts. Look what he says, verse eight. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another... The word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit to another the workings of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits 
to another, different types of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. So what it's saying is that within the body, there are different gifts. One person has this, one person has this, one person has this. So the idea here is the focus begins on diversity. Now, if you listen to what Paul told the church in Rome, Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8, he says essentially the exact same thing. He says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but are all members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith of ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. To the person who exhorts in exhortation. To he who gives with liberality. The one who leads with diligence. The person who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So you see what the focus is. The focus is on the diversity within the body of Christ. So listen, if God uses you differently than someone else, what should you say? Praise the Lord or good. Because they're functioning in those gifts. That's a good thing because that frees us up from not feeling like we don't have to be something other than God made us to be. Because if all of us together are using the gifts that we have, that diversity benefits us all. Now, this section back in 1 Corinthians 12 ends with verse 11. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he what? wills. Now, I want you to circle that in your Bible, too. Now, I want you to notice, no matter what gifts of the Spirit are used through whoever, it happens because the Spirit of God designed it to happen, and the Spirit of God gives and distributes those gifts as he what? Wills. Now, this is why Jesus and belief And the true and living God is not popular in 21st century America. Why? Because we live in a day and age where everybody wants it their own way. Right? Everybody wants to be the center of their solar system. Everybody believes this is all about me. But the beauty of believing in Jesus is that you and I learn the reality that we are not in first place. We get second place. That the world was not created with us at the center of our lives where everything is designed to revolve around us. But Jesus is the center of all things. He deserves that place of preeminence. And as followers of Jesus, we joyfully say, he's got to increase and I need to decrease. And what people don't like about believing in Jesus is Jesus doesn't say, if you believe in me, I will give you everything you want. And everybody just wants the great cosmic vending machine who's like, well, if you believe in me, you're going to get, insert your favorite car. You're going to get, you know, healthy, wealthy, and wise. You're going to get to live to be 100, but you're still going to look like you're 18, you know? (laughs) And the thing is, is our culture sells this lie that everything exists to make you happy. Now, it might be true that at Burger King, you can get it your way. It might be true when you go to the coffee shop, you can get your coffee your way. It might be true that when you go on Amazon, you can get what you want in two days. 
But spiritually speaking, that is not spiritual reality. And the sooner we learn the fact that God did not create everybody around us to revolve around us, that is the most freeing reality that we get to walk in. And I realize that's unpopular, but guess what? When I learn that everything in life didn't exist for my pleasure, that everybody didn't exist to fill my needs, was the very first day that I began to walk in the truth. Because God didn't create everything to revolve around us. Everything fits together with Jesus at the center. And the gifts of the Spirit, you can't beg the Spirit for it. I mean, you can pray for it. But if he doesn't will to give you that gift, no matter how much you want it, it's not his will. And one of the things we learn as believers is to pray, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And that is the most horrifying prayer to a self-centered culture, isn't it? When you say, God, not what I want, but what you want, not my kingdom, but your kingdom. Not the things that I'm hoping for, but Lord, what's your dreams for this situation? And we willingly and joyfully learn how to take the second place behind a God who not only would die on the cross for the sins of the world, but would wash the disciples' feet. And we say, God, everything doesn't exist for me. We exist for you. And that frees us in this world to realize that there's something so much bigger than just us. See, because the story is not only that there's diversity of gifts. There's more to that story. Look at what it says. First Corinthians chapter 12, picking up in verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Verse 14, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not of the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole... We're hearing, where would be the smelling? But now, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor, again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers... All the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? 
Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet, I show you a more excellent way. See, what we learn now is that the unity and the diversity exist in one body. See, before we saw it was all about the diversity of gifts. Now we find that there's unity and diversity and it exists together in the one body, the body of Christ. So I think it's fascinating that in talking about the spiritual gifts, but even though Paul is explaining that there are different gifts, by the time we get to the end of this chapter, he's saying, are all apostles? The answer is no. Are all prophets? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. That's what he's saying. Not everybody does all those things. But what he's saying is that although there are different gifts, Because we are one body, the whole body has the gifts. And it's not about the individual who is carrying the gifts. It's about the totality of the body where all the gifts happen. Now, again, this is important because we live in a very individualistic age where everyone thinks my life is my own. I, I can, I'm the autonomous self. Right. And, and what all the research in our generation is telling us is that the autonomous self does not do well functioning as the autonomous self. We feel less connected, more anxiety. We want deeper connections. And this was always in the Bible, that each one of us has gifts that we bring, but we're supposed to bring them together. And as the people of God, everything we need is contained within us, not just with you. And this reality is becoming more and more understood in our day and age because people are struggling trying to live an autonomous life on our own. And we're finding ourselves just really not happy. And I'm here to tell you all of the books about how to be happy and all the ways that we try and say, I'm going to get this thing done and I'm going to be my best self. Listen, the Bible teaches that In and of yourself, you do not contain all the gifts that are necessary for you to be a healthy person. The whole thing is I complete myself wrong. Jesus completes us and then he puts us into something greater than ourselves. And I think the great struggle of our day and age is to be okay with the diversity of gifts when we come together as the body. Because for most of us, when somebody is different from us in our insecurity, we want to push the differences away. We're like, we have our passions and we think, why doesn't everyone have my passion? Guess what? They were never supposed to. You put us all together and then all the passions are the passion of God to see change in the world. But as an individual, not one of us has all the passions. Jesus is Today's message brought up the spiritual gifts that are available to those who have placed their trust in the Lord. There are many and varied, and as Pastor Daniel shared, they're not all given to one person. The body of Christ is also diverse, and each person has unique talents that the Holy Spirit has given them. And Pastor Daniel stressed this point today. These gifts are meant to bless others in the body. Everyone needs a little encouragement to get through their day, and we have a way to provide that for you. Pastor Daniel has some excellent advice, truth, 
and love to share in his two-minute messages available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just go to JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on the social media links to find them. You won't be disappointed, and your day just might get a little brighter. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus Is Real Radio. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore His people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus Is Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio and Pastor Daniel digs deeper into the idea that the world doesn't revolve around you, which might be shocking to you. It's true, though. God never designed the world for others to serve you exclusively. He's the center. He's the focus. And he's given you gifts to bless the people around you, his people. And yes, you are one of them, but you're certainly not the only one. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Life Hack. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.